Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I want to be honest about something. The older I get, the more I experience, the more wisdom I incur. There's one thing that continues to this day. Leave me in shock and awe. And it is, at its simplest form, God's perfect timing. You ever had something happen to you that is like, yo, there's no way. Because I wasn't even going to come in today. I wasn't even going to call such and such. I wasn't even going to show up to this event. I wasn't even really looking for a job. I just, just so happened to A, B, and C. And it is literally us just getting excited because the alpha and omega is just out there alpha-ring and omega-ring. You understand? Yeah, that's good English. I don't care what you say. I find myself from time to time, I don't know if it's just because it gets me excited like a little schoolgirl. I don't know what it is, but I know that I am intrigued on tracing back to the origin of something just to see God's hand in the thing. Oh my good! Nothing excites me more than feeling like, wait a minute. So how did I end up here? So I got the idea to go ahead and do that. And then that led me to do that. It's almost like in my head, like a spiritual game of connect the dots. And when I finally go ahead and see the bigger picture, I'm, I love the bigger picture, but I'm more excited that I can see from dot to dot the leading of the Holy Spirit, how that wasn't my idea, how like, yo, there's no way, like I, that all of that just, I love hearing that in other people's lives. That's why I think I'm so intrigued by people's own biopic or documentary, because it's like, if they didn't keep going, or if they didn't go to that particular thing, or if they, if they didn't listen to that little unction from the Holy Spirit's just gentleness, wow, it would have literally not only created a different outcome, created a different picture, but they would have been deceived to think that God was never there. Oh, that God, you didn't answer that prayer. Oh, you must have forgot about me. Oh, oh, you know what? Well, maybe I'm just not praying right. Maybe I need to get somebody who's more spiritual and more connected to get them to go ahead and stand in the gap. Maybe I need to. And you'll start to be deceived to believe that God doesn't hear you, that God is not leading you, that God really, truly what it says in the Bible, like he delights in your heart's desires, that his word will be a uh, lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, that he literally knows every hair on your head, that he created you and knitted you so masterfully in your mother's womb, that he created everything that we can see. The heavens above, underneath, the things that swarm in the waters, the things that fly in the air, everything. That he literally created humans from the ground. No form. Gave it form. Gave it such an intricate endocrine system and reproductive system and nervous system and all these other systems. And you think that a God that is so meticulous, that he pays so much attention to details, that he would just, oopsie, forget your prayer? That your prayer will be the underlooked one? No, this is not a God that created white blood cells and red blood cells and then was like, ah, they need platelets. Dang, forgot completely about that. No, he factored that in. 
whenever I, I come across anyone who has an issue with worrying, because I know that it helped me in my seasons, I literally have to remind those people, God factored in whatever was a surprise to you. It wasn't a surprise to him. Yeah, he's already 20, 30 years ahead. Do you realize he, he created time for us? He's not shocked by things that happen from time to time. He's already there. As a matter of fact, he's already light years ahead of where there is currently for you. And so I'm just, I just have become such a fan and such just like, I, God is amazing. And I'll tell you where this is coming from particularly. I had a situation occur that literally still, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm in awe. I think the reason why this really does something to me, this one particular situation, is because I see how the enemy tries to steal God's glory in the little things and the big things and all the things. Anything that he can possibly do to steal, kill, and destroy, he sign him up. <laughs> and I think that we allow him to steal from us when we put things out for him to go ahead and infect our peace and our joy, our mindset, our clarity. Anything that brings you confusion is not of God. He would try to kill dreams, kill hopes, kill anything that looks like, oh my he literally, it says he's the author of lies. He's the father of confusion, kill, still destroy. So the only way to really destroy something, because he's not powerful enough to put his hand on it, he can just influence it enough that you'll starve it. You'll walk away from it. You'll quit it. You'll get frustrated. You'll get in your emotions. You'll say, mm -mm, I want to do it my way. That way it's not working either. So forget it. And you'll turn completely off the path, kill, steal, and destroy. So I am in the market to scream from the mountaintops, both to myself and anyone who is willing to listen, that I don't just let anybody steal from me, especially someone who hates me and my dad. The end. And so I have, what that has made me do is to create a new posture that makes me pay attention to new nuances, to frustrations, to irritations. I have actually challenged myself Mm-hmm, because that's the grandbaby that I is and will be and going to make you the end, okay? But I give myself, like, a time frame as to how long I'm going to let something affect me. Yeah, like, what you doing? Okay, so it, I literally give myself three steps. Why do you feel that way? What happened? Okay, uh, so, okay, so those are the facts. And so now that you feel that way, what can you put in place so that you don't have to feel that way in the future, cool. Now I need you to go ahead and uproot that. Whatever the enemy tried to do to go ahead and plant that into your emotions, plant that into your field of life. Yeah, we cast that and we rebuke that and we uproot that in the name of Jesus. In the blood of Jesus, we replace it. It goes back to the pit of hell where it belongs. Amen. Oh, I don't let myself linger two, three days and weeks and months on in. And every time I hear something, I'm triggered. And mm -mm. The moment that it gets my attention in the wrong way, um, mm -mm, we're going to go ahead and play that differently because that's how Eve fell. Yeah, uh, the tree was always there, sweetheart. But the enemy got you to look at it differently and he got your attention and it yielded a negative fruit, a negative outcome. So anything, anyone, any conversations, any spaces, any places that yields or gets my attention in a negative space, 
you can count me out. The moment I feel like, time out, I feel offended. Why would they say something like that? Okay, let me play that conversation back in my head real quick. So you said that and then, like, you trying to disrespect? Hold on, because you know I'm from New York. Yep, so I'm high on the disrespect ladder. So what you're not going to do is, okay, so self, we're not in the teaching business where we want to go ahead and teach everybody how to talk to you. But we would teach people with um, things of classes called space and silence. And when needed, correction, a strong rebuke, because stop playing with me. Okay. And then after we do that, we go, Hmm, so what do you want this person in your life? And depending on who they are and what I want them to be and what I feel that God brought them to do in my life. If I feel like the season is up, it's up. Not Cardi B, but you know, and it's stuck, <laughs> you know, the deacon has said it first. I don't want to copyright. You see what I'm saying? Uh, but if it's something that I feel like, nah, I need to bring that to your attention because maybe you don't know that you are stabbing people with your tongue. Maybe you think that, you know, I just, I speak my mind. Yeah, but you're harsh. No, I'm just, I'm real. No, you're judgmental. I was just giving you my opinion. No, you were restricting someone else's creative lens. And so I will every now and then again, let someone out. I call it a tap on the shoulder to say, Hey, did you know that you just kicked me when you walked past? Yeah, I don't think that you realize you walk like that. And I'm not necessarily telling you this uh, so you won't kick me again because I've already decided not to sit that close to you no more. But what I will say is for the people who care about you and want to still sit that close to you and maybe even closer, maybe you should remain and become more cognizant to how you walk around the people who care about you. Maybe you should be a little bit more delicate with the influence that you have. Maybe you should change your posture to why you do that to maybe going more to tell me more. How about you see that? Well, that's that that's different. Yeah, I wouldn't have seen it that way. But you know what? That's why God made, calls it the body, because some things that the feet can do, the, the, the mouth can't. <laughs> OK, some things the eyes can do, the knees can't. And I, and I dare not want to be a part of the same body arguing because you're different than me. Wait a minute. So y'all eyes, but y'all don't fold. Ah, I don't know. I just wait a minute. Y'all don't have no clothes up there. Like, what? and imagine the body parts arguing about differences within each other. And you don't even realize that's counterproductive because y'all all are adding value to the body. So instead of looking at someone weird because they're different than you, because they may like neutrals where you like bright colors and they may like the modern farmhouse, but you like the boho setting and you really don't like spicy food and they really, really love it. Instead of trying to get someone to become more kneecaps, maybe you should just adapt and accept the part that, you know what, we're all part of the same body and we're going in the same direction. As long as I'm not arguing another kneecap in somebody else's body, that don't make no sense to me. Why would I argue about what y'all getting ready to do? And once we have this conversion and this conversation, we'll never talk again this is stupid that's why I never understood road rage like do you know those people so you're going to develop all this anger and and beep beep and all and you don't know even you'll never see this person again that's ridiculous I'm not putting that much sweat in the game for somebody I don't know at least roll down your window like what is your name I need to know it (laughs) like at least start to know somebody before you want to go ham you're going ham for somebody you don't know And then when you make that sharp left and then that other right, you'll never see them again. But that don't make no sense. Literally, you're going to have to buy a punching bag because that was stupid. That's the equivalent. 
Like that doesn't, I don't, I'll never understand. I don't call things stupid a lot, but that's stupid. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and, or how I say stupid. It's S-T-O-O-P-I-D. Okay. I don't, I, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, I, I that's what I felt in my spirit. <laughs> but I'm saying that because I have literally just started looking at irritations different and frustrations and all the things that had the teachings at the end. And I'm just realizing, wow, God. Like, you're the same God that allowed Paul, but prior to, he was Saul, to lose his sight on Damascus. But you already had a line that Ananias was in the midst. And you could trust Ananias, what you needed him to do for Paul, that nobody else was probably going to be strong enough to do because it was just uh, two hours earlier that he was killing folks. And you're like, ooh, you want me to go pray for somebody who's killing people who look just like him? That's a lot. Okay. Uh, you, you do stuff in such a way that it's like, yo, nobody could even make me question that you are who you are and you said who you said you are and you truly stand. But like, that's just awesome to me. So now I can tell you the situation that happened because I decided to get all that out. I, and I literally like, no pause real quick. Don't, don't get excited. I literally want you to see the spiritual connected dots here to now that you have both paths. I want you to hear it in two lenses. I want you to hear the path of like, Ah, oh, he really tried to still kill and destroy. And then I want you to hear the other side of God is so strategic that he'll use any and everything to get what he wants out of it. Okay. Wrote a song about it. Want to hear it? Okay, great. Story goes like this. I was working and I am working at a time frame that I usually don't work. It's called the morning time. I don't know if you know it, but I'm not interested in those morning times, especially on the weekends. Have a nice day. So I'm working and do, 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 do. Now pause a little backstory drop story, but you're going to need it for this particular situation. My husband has been seeing the landscaper company come around and cut and maintain our neighbor's yard. So he was like, you know what? Just felt led one day. He was going to go out there and talk to him. Cause let it be my husband. He would have thugged it out and still been trying to be in that sun and getting those sun headaches. And so I kind of was like, no, I think you should like, we should try something. And so he chose this particular landscaper to had a good conversation or whatever, for whatever the reason, all the rain in the world kept <laughs> coming. I'm talking about week after week after week. It was like, we're probably never going to get this service started. Just so happens that this particular day, this is the day that he comes. So it's like, okay, cool. Now I'm upstairs working, minding my good grandbaby business. I seen when he arrived, that was fine. I, then he cuts the front, whatever. And it just so happened that he mistakenly cut the line for our internet. And I felt something. So I was like, husband, the internet is out. He was like, yeah, I think it's the modem. But I was like, you don't think it's something outside because in my head, I'm tracing back like, bro, it didn't happen until he cut like that part of the house. So fine. Fast forward through. So the guy's cutting and he's cutting in rapid time. I'm talking about what took my husband four hours to perfect because of so much square footage, blah, 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 this, that, and the third took this man. Like literally the first half was probably like 25 minutes. It was outrageously fast. Like, okay. Yeah. But like you giving me, it, it's giving Sonic the Hedgehog. Like what we doing? But because there was so much rain, he couldn't finish another part of the the back of the backyard. 
And so he was like, you know what? I'll let it dry. The sun was coming out. He was like, I'll come back out. It's a little damp, but the sun should do it. Cool. By this time, I'm frustrated. Low key. I ain't going to hold you. Because I am now trying to do some hefty computer stuff off of my mobile hotspot because I'm trying to still keep the party going. I'm like, I got to accomplish and finish this. So I finally get to like the last maybe 25 minutes or so. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to just, I got to go downstairs. For whatever the reason, God made it that I was hearing my husband and this guy, the landscaper, the owner of it, have a conversation about he was showing him the line. And the guy was like, you know what? You don't got to pay me. Husband's like, no, no, no. We're going to pay you. We're going to try to see if 18T can work this out because honestly, it was their fault because it wasn't embedded. And if it was embedded and planted underground the way that it was supposed to be, we wouldn't have had this issue. So let us talk to 18T. We'll work it out. And the guy was really apologetic and blah, blah, blah. So my husband goes, oh, but. I do want to ask one more thing. You don't got to take down the whole riding mower thing again, but if you can just take your hedgers and kind of like get this area right here, it will make me feel good. So the guy goes to get his hedgers. He goes back. Just so happened that I come downstairs probably like five minutes beforehand and I'm looking through the window and I was like, um, how old is he? And he was like, I don't know. So I started kind of like, mm, Asking like little questions, but not so much because I felt like God told me to put some waters in the freezer. So I went ahead and got the waters. And I was like, well, if I thought about it, if I wasn't dealing with the freaking Internet issue upstairs, I would have put some cold waters in the freezer. By the time he left, it would have been cold. I was like, man, I wasn't thinking. And I went out to look through the window at him again. And he looked different. And I immediately felt God operating through my gift. And I started seeing health issues and all these other different things. And I was like, husband, I need you to go outside and I need you to say this, that, and the third. So I was telling him what to say. And then immediately God was like, you need to go speak to him. So I run out. I'm socks only. And my husband would tell you, you don't walk around this house barefoot, okay? You got your house slippers, as the old people say. And then you got your, your shoes and stuff for outside that's by the door. It should be no reason. But, like, that's the haste and that I felt on me. Like, I need you to do this now. So I, I walked up to him, still trying to keep six feet because very much, you understand, the cooties are still out there. And so I started asking him a series of questions, and he was denying what I saw. I said, hey, is everything all right with you? And he was like, oh, no, 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 the reason why you see me doing that is because my leg. I was like, no, it's not your leg. I said, are you feeling okay? He was like, no, that it still was denying it. Now, in the natural, that's enough for even me to be like, oh, okay, and go back in the house. But when I tell you God was pressing, I said, listen, there is something going on with your heart. And I need, like, are you okay in your heart? Something. He was like, no. And he went from no, no, no to looking at my husband and I like, y'all scaring me. I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and say this. There's something happening on you, and it's ha happening in you, and I can feel it. And so he looked at me. He said, are you a doctor? I said, nope, just a praying woman. He was like, and then I felt the little armor come down, and he was like, so he started telling the story. You know, He went to the doctor a couple of whatever's ago. They checked his cholesterol. They checked this, that, and the third. They found a problem with his heart. But, oh, but baby, I knew it. God didn't have me out here in my Christmas socks. <laughs> and it's not Christmas for no reason. I was just trying to put something real, like just come out here real quick and tell you something. Um, very much, I, I know this, sir. So he was like, uh, he said something else. And then God had me share some intimate things with him that only 
God could have told me in order to let this man know. And so then I felt him kind of break down. So I was like, can I pray for you? Went ahead and did that. I literally felt the transformation, literally. Like if if I can even ask Jesus, how did the woman with the issue of blood feel? I promise you, it almost felt like that in that season. And so, you know, he the, the guy was saying what he was saying. I gave him a date. I said, you canceled that last appointment on this day. You need to make your next appointment by this day on the next month. By the And I was giving him dates. And the way that he was looking at me, he said, you know, my wife was saying the same thing. I said, I know it. And I, I said all the things again because I'm very careful. And the reason why I'm, I'm skimming through is because I'm very careful about repeating what God told me to tell somebody in private because I want to keep decency in public. So that's why I'm, you know, I'm giving you the nectar, but I'm not giving you the seed. So fast forward, I get back in the house because husband was talking to him after that confirming do what husband pastors do. And so I come back in the house and I am like in tears more so because I was just really honored that I was like, God, you use me, blah, blah, blah. But it was more so of that moment could have been missed. I saw how many times I could have been frustrated. And came downstairs irritated. Not only did he mess up my, my work, uh, my plan to work, but he messed up the side of the house with the, you know, not, not the side of the house, but that's where the wires were at. So it was like, man, you know, if he went and did that. And so it was all set up for me to have some type of anger against this man to the point that I asked husband, I said, yo, he gonna have to fix that or he gonna have to pay for that. So husband was like, time out, let me. And so because we discussed it in advance, that's why I was able to have a different heart. But you talk about already being in the flesh, having hours of being frustrated, trying to work on a mobile spot with too many windows and operating systems open that the mobile spot couldn't handle it to come downstairs and feel like, okay, the the landscaper actually did that to then feel like he came back to the house because he couldn't finish the first time because of the rain. Oh, it was so much ingredients for the frustration to be there. But what God was trying to do was, maybe if I disrupt your regularly scheduled program, you'll go downstairs and just kind of let me use you. And because I came downstairs with nothing, I wasn't frustrated. I was, I was like, listen, I got 25 more minutes. I'm just going to grab me something to drink. Why does he look different to me? And God was like, there she go. Come be my vessel. You're always asking me to use you. You're always asking, you know, God, if there's anything I can do for the kingdom. And I, sometimes I just want to do it in your own backyard. Literally. You don't need a platform. You don't need a ministry. You don't need a billion-dollar business. Sometimes I just want you to be ready that when I do something on Damascus that you're on the other side of that. I was like, ooh, okay. And just to see the way that those dots connected, I was just in awe. I said, God, nobody else could have did that but you. If the rain didn't saturate the part of the backyard that he wouldn't have finished, I would have never saw this man until what, maybe another two weeks, if that. And then maybe if I was home or, you know, because he comes on the weekends, like it could have been so many different things. But I felt like God was literally trying to get this man's attention to the point that he was like, I'm going to pull this girl who when she gets locked in, there is no unlocking her focus. I'm going to do something to disrupt her focus. And even though you caused it, I'm going to be the she's going to be the conduit of your healing. And that was just like, oh, this is why we can't afford to be distracted with the worldly things. 
sometimes you just got to flow with it. Like, I don't understand why it's traffic today, but maybe it's just in my favor. I don't understand why that particular situation didn't happen the time frame that I wanted, but I don't, I don't know why God is strategically keeping me hidden the way that it says that Jesus was hidden in the crowd when they was trying to think of ways to stone him and capture him before his time. Like, you don't know why all of these things are happening administratively until God reveals like, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to take y'all around 11 days for the wilderness should just be the place you were supposed to learn how to fight. And now I got to make it the place that you fade because I can't take that mindset into the promised land. Like you have to really understand that there's nothing. God wastes nothing. He does not believe in anything going in vain. It is against his being. When he literally said, I'm going to create a whole new world. I'm absolutely done. He didn't waste the first world. He went ahead and took some things that he can salvage because nothing goes in vain. So if you looking at your experiences, your lifestyle, your anything in your life, I just feel like this was one big waste and you don't understand God. Everything. I need you to memorize Romans 8, 28. When I say all things work to, for good for those who are called, they work together for the good. They work together for the good. And you done heard the bishop say, you know, individually, butter tastes nasty and eggs raw taste nasty. But if you put it in the cake mix, and it's true, it's cliche, but it's true. You're looking at individual circumstances and you're not looking at the overall ingredients for this meal individually yes the internet issue would have made me very upset individually knowing that this man did it and this is the first day that we try to use your your landscaping company and this is what you do oh all the elements was there but i'm glad that god was like as much as i wanted to be upset I really felt like, why am I interested and intrigued? And I guess God was like, if I can just get you to shift your focus on what I want you to look at, then I can use you the way that you're called to be used. Because if I would have looked at him with angry eyes, I wouldn't have seen that God was showing me that he was suffering. But when I looked with an eye of curiosity, with clear emotions, with a level of clarity, it was like, wait a minute. I've never seen this man before. So I could have posed any kind of whatever conclusion I wanted to. And God was like, see, and that's why he literally tells us to cast our care. Whatever it is that you're caring about, you're carrying, he needs you to cast it because he's trying to use you for those very moments. Not just the big moments, not just the, oh, you want to go ahead and pray over the person that when it's obvious, sometimes he's just hoping that you are clear enough so that if he whispers Ananias, there's a man named um, Saul that you need to pray on because, you know, I put some fish scales on his eyes in Damascus and I need you to pray on. Like who would hear such an intimate instructions outside of a man whose emotions and lifestyle is clear enough to hear from God? That's how you want to position your life. Like you literally want to be able to be like, you know what? I don't understand it, God, but if you're saying to do it, do it. I'm, it's going to happen. And Jesus, if that's you walking on water, then tell me to come out to the water and walk with you. Okay, cool. God, I'm scared, but I'm sure that you factor that in. But you know what? Here goes. I'm going to launch it. God, I'm not really trying to be on that part of town. But if you saying that with the bank account I have and the job that I have, that I can sustain that and it can remain a blessing and not a burden, then like, God, let's get it. And you just got to get to the place that you're like, yo, if God said it, then I'm not going to carry anything that goes against it. 
Like literally point blank the end. And your sole purpose in life, I'm going to give you the biggest gem. I'm talking about cheat code, clarity. Clarity is how you communicate with God and how you receive what he's trying to communicate to you. Clarity. I want you to think of emotions like a busy signal that God is trying to get through to you. He shouldn't hear no, eh, eh, eh. he shouldn't hear any of that because you're so clouded with everyday life, with such and such said two weeks ago, what the job is doing, huh? Oh my gosh, here come Monday. And you, I mean, like the, the world tries to put so many things on your platter and it is your sole purpose to keep it clear enough to see when God is trying to put something on your plate to serve to someone else. You're so worried about what everything else is serving you. And it's not even about you. You are part of a body. He needs you to go ahead and get some stuff for the feet. (laughs) He needs you to go ahead and you know what? Now that we changing seasons, he needs you to go ahead and start dressing this way. And he needs you to be in tune with your internal GPS system. But you can't because your radio of life is too loud. Your radio of life is too loud. You can't even hear recalculating. You can't even hear that because all the things like that's what's happening in the world. You're like, "Mm, okay. Why do you think that it's a known thing that when you're lost and you're trying to find something, what's the first thing you do in your car? You turn the music down. Why do we do that? Because even in our most simplistic states, we understand that when something is affecting our senses, eliminate everything else that's taking up square footage. Eliminate anything else that's taking up that capacity. Yeah, I don't, hold on, I need to focus. Let me turn this down, that down. Hold on, y'all be quiet for a minute. Let me just, what? And if we learn how to do that in the car, then why don't we understand to do that with our lives? Hold on, something's happening for a minute. Let me stay off social media and and, and mute my phone and put it on D&D after a certain time so I can kind of see what God is trying to pour into me because, like, something got my attention. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm off a little bit. I feel like I'm supposed to be, hold on, let me, wait, y'all, y'all give me, y'all give me a minute. Hold on, what's, you see what I'm saying? And I say all that because if not careful, you'll miss the coordinates. And just like with Moses and Joshua, God was like, Moses, you can't do it, big dog. It's okay, but move to the side so that Joshua can get it done. And with all that being said, I thought about what happened with the woman from Shunem and Elisha. And so with that same mindset and everything else that we've just been discussing, I want you to hear this with the same lens that we've been discussing so that you can see it through the perspective that God has been trying to relay to you. So 2 Kings verse or chapter eight, rather second Kings chapter eight. I'm going to read, you know, I'll always read from the NLT version. Let's start at verse one. Elisha had told the woman whose son he had brought back to life, take your family and move to some other place for the Lord has called the famine on Israel that will last for seven years Two. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. Three after the famine ended, She returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to see the king about getting back her house and land. 4. As she came in, the king was talking to Jehizai, the servant of the man of God. The king had just said, Tell me some stories about the great things Elisha has done. 5. And Gehizai was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life. 
at that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, my lord, the king, Jehizai exclaimed. Here is the woman now, and this is her son, the very one Elisha brought back to life. Six, is this true? The king asked her, and she told him the story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. Time out. How? Only God. Would you look at that timing? You mean to tell me at the very moment that Elisha's having his conversation with his servant and they shooting the breeze and then what happened? That's a good story. You got anything else? That this woman was able to, at the perfect will time, at God's perfect timing, go ahead and say, um, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad y'all boys are talking about it. Uh, listen, let me go ahead. You know how hard it is to get good customer service? You know how hard it is to get a supervisor? You know how hard it is to get your issue resolved? And you mean to tell me that the same day, or the same, it don't seem like it was a lot of time from how the Bible is illustrating this, that the same time that this woman decided, you know what, let me go ahead and go back and let me go find Buddy. That not only is he still alive, not only did he record it somewhere that actually had it where people can go ahead and read back and go, oh, that's what happened, that she can actually say, yes, this is true, not even have to hire no lawyer, not have to do all the things that the world usually has to do, not have to prove herself, not have to do anything else, but just confirm what the man of God did so that she can go ahead and incur what God initially gave her. Because whose idea was it in the first place to get out the land? It was out of protection that God was like, yeah, go ahead and tell her. Like, we still going to do the family thing. I ain't going to hold you. But go ahead and make sure old girl and her family and her son is good. Like, let's make sure that they straight first before we go ahead and start punishing situations that need to be punished. Okay, great. And so you send her away for seven years. And just like a woman, it don't matter if it's seven minutes or seven years. She remember what you said, big dog. So she came back. <laughs> okay she made her way back downtown and realized somebody was in her house in her land and she was like oh y'all planted apples that's cute but y'all gonna um y'all starting to leave like y'all got a u-haul number or something like you need to track the trailer you just need the 1999 one with the gas oh okay so don't get comfortable because that's my space and without any worry she didn't petition to the people in the house. Like, do you, wait, can I show you something? Like, that, see that fingerprint right there? That was my son's. Uh-uh. I'm not going to nobody else to reclaim anything else that God said is mine except for the people that had something to do with uh, God orchestrating that in the first place. This woman didn't try to convince the people in the house. She didn't even look like she had to have any conversations with people around the palace or wherever Elisha was at. But it was very clear that she was very clear. I'm not talking to nobody but the people who can do something about what's happening. So either she was clear that, uh, yeah, this is who you speak to, or God was ordering her steps, like talk to no one but this. And all the lessons we can learn from that. You want to talk to people you admire. You want to talk to people that you feel like can understand your story. You want to feel like you talk to people who understand what you're saying and you want to be understood. And what you're not realizing is that when you're going through something, the last thing you want to do is speak to someone that God didn't anoint for you to speak to. Has nothing to do with their title. 
has nothing with them to do with them being a good or bad person. You go ahead and tell the wrong person you think you found your husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you'll walk away feeling like she just made me feel like mm-hmm. you go ahead and tell somebody who doesn't really have a good idea about school that you want to go back to school. You go ahead and tell someone who's corporate minded that you want to start entrepreneurship. You go ahead and tell somebody who doesn't want kids that you want kids. You go ahead and tell somebody who's apartment bound that you want to be a homeowner. You go ahead and talk to someone in the wrong space with the wrong ear to hear. And watch what they plan in your soul. You gonna walk away like I wish I never told you. And now what did you learn? That when you're excited about something. The people that's closest to you. You got to be real selective and strategic. On who you share that with. And that's not even God. That's not how he rocks. God was able to create in the presence of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. And was like yep, let us make blah blah blah. Hey this is what we're getting ready to do. Mm. And it was good. Hey, let us make man in our own. Like he was able to do that amongst companies. So he understands if he went as far as he did to create Eve in such a way that he was like, "Mm -mm, it is not good for this man to be alone. Then the last thing he wants you to do is to be around company, but be restricted because you can't share your innermost anything with, with the people around you. So it would behoove you to ask God, who do I speak to in this season? Because when Mary was pregnant, she didn't talk to anyone. She went straight to Elizabeth. And even when she went to her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John, she didn't even tell her, guess what? No, no, you're not going to believe. Nope, I didn't do the nasty. Listen, I'm telling you I did it the right way. Nope, I'm still holy and I'm still pure. I'm going to go ahead and tell you I'm pregnant. Mm Mm-mm, but with the Messiah. I'm telling you, I saw Gabriel. Yes, I did. She didn't have to do any of that. As soon as she got in Elizabeth's presence, she was like, who am I that the mother of my Savior would visit me? Oh, the baby in me leaped and jumped from joy when you, like she knew. Yeah, you need to be around people who are like, "Mm -mm, I'm going to protect the thing that God put in you. I'm going to protect the thing that God placed in your heart. I'm going to protect the very thing that I know that God gave to you. And whatever you need, I'm going to go ahead and feed you in this season for how long I was destined and anointed to feed you for. Because if not careful, you'll try to take Elizabeth with you your entire semester, your entire first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. I said semester, I'm thinking about school. But you'll try to take Elizabeth through your whole pregnancy, not realizing she was just supposed to be the initiation to confirm to you, you really are carrying the Messiah. But no other time after that was she around Elizabeth again. No other time after that. But Elizabeth served her purpose. And even though that's family, and even though, you know, we both, we, we share the same kind of miracle because Elizabeth was barren and, and I didn't do anything yet. And I did not know not a man. And, but no, no, stop making up all these human ways to do things that God never intended to be done in the first place. I love God's timing. Dare I say that? Being once a grandbaby that thought that certain blessings was taking too long and then realizing, well, you know what, that actually was the proper time because had I received this a couple of years later, I would have fumbled the bag. I ain't going to hold you. To then feel like, oh, I mean, I'm getting so frustrated. To now be on the other side of God, I completely trust your timing to show me how to wait and who to wait with in the meantime. To experience this situation with the landscaper I'm I'm gonna be very unveiled it has actually gave me a power up in my spirit like I literally feel different 
because it is a danger to be emotionally clouded, which is just literally you're just being affected by your own affairs. This inconvenienced me. So now I'm going to have this kind of mindset and outlook and communication with other people because I'm so like, stop being so self-centered. Do you understand that a level of self-centeredness is actually pride? So maybe if you stop looking inwardly and all the things that's affecting you, why don't you look out and see what is God trying to show me or redirect my attention to with this particular nuisance that's happening? (laughs) Because if I never walked away from my desk, I think I would have missed that. And I praise God, I believe he would have had somebody else be obedient in that. But I would have hated to see at the end of it all that that was the time that I was supposed to stand in the gap for someone's healing. And that I missed it because I was frustrated about internet. Yeah, no. That's not the kind of grandbaby I am. And that's not the grandbaby we want to be. And that's not the life that we want. My challenge to you is to be more receptive of God's timing. It's perfect. You may not understand it. Why I got to go away seven years and somebody, the man of God told me to leave and I didn't even fight back. I just left. And by the time I come back, now I got to fight for my house. That don't make no sense. These people get on my nerves. God's perfect timing. You left a house seven years ago, women in the Bible. But once you came back, you got everything. No, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Verse 6, 2 Kings chapter 8. Is this true? The king asked her and she told him the story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. Ma'am, it just seemed like you just came up on a bag that you didn't plant. You left a house and came back with a house plus some crops. Plus some, that sounds like compound interest for seven years. Oh, but if you can just get out of your emotions and see that everything works together for the good. Oh, if you can just get out your own way and see Romans 8.28 in a different way and be like, you know what? Here I am irritated and frustrated and you don't even understand that God is trying to give you double for your trouble like the old people said. Do you understand? Yo, start being a student to God's timing. Start being a uh, patient student with God's timing. Because you know what? She could have came back in three years. But Elisha and them wouldn't have been talking about her in that time. And she probably would have been like, what? Who? I'm sorry. Ma'am, we're, we're, we're all so hungry. You're talking about food and getting your, your house back. Like, I don't know. But she waited seven years, the time frame that the man told her, to then go back and restore all this seven years back plus some. Be patient. The business going to pop. I ain't going to hold you. He ain't going to hold you. Be patient. Your spouse is out there. Be patient and not even be patient. Just do what he said. The man told her to leave for seven years. She left for seven years. (laughs) The end. It is no be patient. You come back after year three. That's disobedience. He says seven. You can come back, but you're going to be hungry with us. Okay, well, you know, you can come back in five because you can't take no more. But it's still no food here, ma'am. He says seven. (laughs) 
So it's not a matter of just being patient because you're like, ooh, that is not my color. It's be obedient to what he said. What did he say? He said, Noah built the ark. Make sure you build it with the gopher wood. Make sure you blah, blah, blah. It's not be patient and still build. It's be obedient and build the way that he said. So maybe you need to go back and ask God for the instruction so that you can be obedient to the instruction. That's waiting. Two. Go ahead and drop. Go ahead and go ahead and drop the Holy Spirit. Listen, I know when he's talking, okay? But if I don't get off this phone with you, because you know when I'm passionate about something, I can okay. Uh I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. And another thing, no. <laughs> you know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's gonna have with you, but who your favorite homegirl. Listen, it's already lit. You just gotta be obedient in the meantime. That's why he said obedience is better than sacrifice. You over here sacrificing your sleep, your time, your energy. I'm marketing. I'm doing it. But what did he say to do? Did you do that? Oh, okay. Then wait. Because once you get it, it's up. The deaconess Cardi B said it, right? You know why you were created, right? Okay. If not, um, www.created, the number two, multiplied.com for all the things that's happening with all the things. I'm not even going to say nothing. I'm going to just let God make room for me. You heard me. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Mm-hmm, Cause I'm halfway gangster now. I had to lit like you're, <laughs> but we talk later. Okay. <laughs> later. <laughs>